0: Welcome everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today in this heart space of love. We are here with a beautiful healer who works with divine intelligence and this is how we can all go quantum when we make this connection. It is here in this present moment, and we are here to talk today to Dorothy Rowe. Dorothy is a beautiful healer, making her appearance right here on Quantum Conversations. Hello, Dorothy. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Loren, and hi, everybody. It's really
1: great to be here with all of you.
0: Yes, we are gonna have a group healing today. This is where our collective energy can witness the work that you do and you can reach a lot of people in this process. This is energy work and you really um, amped up your own ability to work with people in their own awareness and their own presence of healing with divine intelligence and this all began probably before 2008 but that was a big year of transformation of awareness for you let's start with your story was that really the year or were you always aware of these healing abilities that you had as a child thanks for the question Loren I actually started as a
1: child uh, with the retention of memories from the period before I came into this lifetime and with memories and the refined perception of the finer realms of creation, even from early ages. And I would probably attribute part of that to the fact that there were certain challenges in my childhood that required me to be very intuitive to know what people were thinking and feeling before those thoughts and feelings came out to the surface for the sake of just
0: my own well-being and self-protection essentially fascinating so was that a rough childhood then um with there were definitely your rough elements yeah absolutely
1: absolutely definitely rough elements uh which you know what happens is when a ch- little child mm. depends upon their parents to provide security and support and safety, and mm-hmm. that's not possible for the parents, then the child must rise to the occasion and be that for themselves yes. and to do that one draws to do that one draws on one's deeper deeper powers and uh resources and it became apparent that that's why a lot of times children go through very difficult experiences in their early years, or why a very spiritual soul would choose
0: uh, to grow up in a family of dysfunctional individuals. Right. <laughs> I know there are some who are like, how in the world did I do this? And we hope that those who Become aware of why they chose that. Take comfort in that. Take comfort in knowing, wow, they signed up for some big stuff. All right, so this requires you to draw deeper on your powers and your resources to really go within and um, maybe just somehow your knowingness that you would be okay or just the knowingness to rise to the occasion. All right, so you did that as a little girl in your childhood but you mentioned that there were memories from the last lifetime what can you mm. tell us about that that seems interesting what was that lifetime oh, you're so about good. you're so good Lauren.
1: <laughs> I mean you know we all have a long history in the creation, and it turns out that not all souls choose to be human lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, but that the entire universe is just teeming with life. There are all sorts of life options available out there, and some of them are corporeal, like a human life, but there are also life options to be you know, like um a custodian of the earth, you could say, you know, a lifetime where one is like a kind of earth spirit, you know, who resides in some beautiful canyon or resides with some river as the kind of the caretaker and the custodian of that part of the earth. And that's another type of lifetime that a person can have. And uh, in fact, all the planets, I mean there was when I was growing up probably when you were growing up too Lorraine and some of our listeners it was felt that earth was probably the only planet in our solar system that held life at all where there was even a possibility of life and now of course scientists know that there's a sweet zone both on mercury and on venus and as, as well there are is uh, are good possibilities of life on for instance the moons of jupiter and you know, just in our solar system alone, there are not only many options and opportunities, but there are, uh, you know, with these... But these options and opportunities keep expanding. The more the scientists find out about the nature of our solar system, the more is discovered that there's actually quite a tremendous potential for life everywhere. So, you know, I would say, as for myself, you know, I have my own life story. And the way it looks to me is a lot like the evolution and development of the entire Akashic record, that it starts with the Big Bang. And in the very early stages, there was just one. There was one soul. There was one life. There was one universe that was unfolding, and that in its early unfoldments, there were just... Small numbers of expressions of that one life. And these were the forms of self that were responsible for the manifestation of the whole universe. Very great forms of being that were the fund, the founders, you could say the founders of our universe. And that as time wore on, those fundamental forms diversified and became more and more numerous, smaller expressions of life. And the diversification continued throughout the course of time until we get to where we are now. And because of that, you can think of it a little bit like a tree with branches. You know, you have the first big bang, which, like, is just the trunk, and then it splits to three, and then it splits to five, and it splits and splits like that. And what you get are soul family groups as a – Diversification occurs. You get groups of people who have really common origins. And because consciousness is outside the constraints of space and time, you also, we all of us, all of you, everyone who's listening today, we all can access those original forms Those original, the one becoming the many, and the one splits to three, splits to five, splits and splits like that. And those original, I would say, founding intelligences that are behind the entire creation of our universe are still accessible to us today as our own foundation. So from a energy healing perspective, it's not like those previous incarnations are really gone. It's that they are the foundation of the quality of life and experience that is being, uh, lived at this time. And all that information is still accessible. And it's actually still malleable too, which is really one of the interesting things about this process is that because consciousness is unconstrained, we can not only access those earlier experiences of life as in other more abstract forms and more also concrete forms, but but we can also, with our consciousness right now, we can like self-interact. We create, and this is how energy healing is uh, works as well. We create self-referral loops of consciousness, consciousness folding into its own nature, which is part of the entire manifesting process, of course. Um, and as that happens, the whole system becomes modified. It's able to evolve through us as us. And from my perspective, that's the only story that's going down, is that there's one divine source of creation that is evolving. And each one of our individual stories is like a little paragraph or a little sentence in that larger story. And so when individual story is aligned with the big story, the big divine story, that there's one wholeness of creation that's evolving this entire universal uh, experience, then that alignment allows the individual to live a life that has the full support of all the
0: resources and wisdom of the universe. That is called being in alignment. That's being in the flow. I love that. And Mm -hmm. we're going to do a group process so we can experience a little bit of that energy work that you bring through. How beautiful, what a beautiful What a beautiful message if we can really get this right now on our planet. We can certainly see our responsibility for what it is we are creating and where we need to keep our eyes focused on, right? We like to say here on Quantum Conversations, keep your eyes on the prize, not on the old board that that. is – right not as not as the on the old world that is changing shifting collapsing whatever we want to call it we know that we are building uh from a new vibration so everything from the old vibration needs to come up for renewal and we are certainly seeing that so when we think of ourselves as this individuation but yet this we come from the one soul the one universe the the one source the all that is to align with that again really means no more judgment. How have how can mm-hmm. you help people get past this judgment of others, of ourselves, for for minor things? It seems like we look out at our world and we can judge at the drop of a hat.
1: Mm. Oh, that's such a beautiful question. Thank you for asking, Loren. Uh, because you're right, that's probably one of the biggest issues that's up right now, especially if we, anybody out there has their eyes on the media. Uh, media, politics, uh, financial world, all that. It's, you know, it's quite, it can be seen as quite a a messy, uh, territory. (laughs) But the easiest way I know is to understand that all of our thoughts and actions and speech is really an expression of divinity through us. And that actions are, actions arise and unfold in layers. So we do an action, and that action may be, say, 50% life-supporting and good for everyone around us, and maybe 50% not so good for everyone around us. But the 50% that's no good... Eventually, we'll have to atone for that. We'll have to go back and, you know, make amends for the bit that wasn't working on everyone's behalf. But when we do that, that is the way that the divine is able to create a better, more perfect expression of itself in this world. So sometimes things go apparently wrong, you know, or like you think, oh, I made a mistake, something like that. One person made a mistake. But really, the mistake only sets the condition or creates a context for a healing to occur. And in the long course of the reality of creation, every mistake is atoned for. Every problem that crops up is solved. Whether it's this lifetime or another lifetime is not as important as the fact that the divine was able to find a spot in this reality where its own reflection was not as complete or perfect as it could be and thus create an uh, an experience or a situation with a little bit of tension in it, with a little bit of dissonance there. Because the dissonance draws attention and it draws healing and it draws people looking for solutions and it it draws in all the resources to help to reconstruct that aspect of creation so that it will then reflect in its highest potential divine truth. So in a sense, we can look, if we look in a very, very short term, if, we, if our thinking is very, very short term and very limited, we can say, oh, that person did something bad. Like I could say, you know, I had a rough childhood. I mean, I could look, I could bring up incidents and say, oh, this happened and that happened. It was so, you know, that wasn't the right way for that to happen. But the truth is, the truth is that that happened to Dorothy for a good reason. And today I am enjoying the blessings of it. And I look back only with such gratitude because without that upbringing, I would not be here as I am today. And I needed that to make me strong. And I had to become strong, not as a big, strong adult, but as a child, I had to develop those strengths. So I can only thank those. I can only thank them.
0: I can only be thankful. Look at that perspective. We love that perspective It is truly um, the higher perspective that we could call your own ascension out of it, transcension out of it, recognizing the good in it. And it actually was what you chose coming into this lifetime so that you could step up and really reach for it. So that's just wonderful for everyone looking at the cards that they're dealing with right now in their life and realizing that that is what makes them stronger. And we've heard that it's the pain that gives us the gain and (laughs) it's the lesson, the trigger that makes us go inward to see the cause of it. Okay. So beautiful. Well, here you are, um, a beautiful person remembering, um, the, the, the coming from source and, When you went through a transformation of awareness in 2008, I want to say that that was another window for many people, right? 2008, we've seen these markers all along our timeline. Tell us what happened there for you, because this was um, just right before 2012 and a great awakening, so you had your own. Yeah, yeah,
1: thank you. It's very sweet to get to talk about this. So I had been working as a volunteer for World Peace most of my life, about 35 years, plus raising a family with three little children, and I went through a period where – um where I was working about 140 hours a week. So it was a seven-days-a-week day, seven days a week job from like 4 a.m. I'd get up at 4 a.m. every day, and I would do a lot of computer work until about 6, and then I would go do a group meditation that was designed to support, to create coherence for world consciousness. And then I'd go straight into my work, and I would work usually till about 10, and then I would do another period of uh, coherence for world peace until midnight. And then – We lost hot water, and I live in Iowa, and Iowa winters get really cold, so we had, like, no hot water for 10 months straight through the winter. This is Dorothy showering her babies, having to heat water on the stove, right, to to wash the children, and then my father started to die, so I was his night nurse. So at midnight, I would go over and sleep on the floor next to his bed and care for him. He usually had usually one or two, sometimes three crises during the night. And that went on for many months from, I think it was about March until about August when he passed away. So that was more during the summer months. So cold water wasn't as bad then. But at the end of that period, When my beautiful father, who I adored immensely, and who was the main, he was such a rock for me, he was a rock. Um, When he passed away, it was very difficult. And... I was in my late 40s at that point. I wasn't a young spring chicken anymore. And my body just said, you know what? It had, had just enough. My body was like, you can't do this to me anymore. You cannot work me like this. And so, because I felt like superwoman up till then. I was like, yeah, I get up at four in the morning and work till midnight. Yeah, I can do that. I, mm-hmm. I can take care of my husband, my dad, all night, no problem, you know. And then my body's like, no, you can't. And I got really, really sick, like really sick. My family thought we were going to lose me. Um, there were problems with the nervous system, digestion, like all the systems were breaking down at once. I really thought I was seeing the end of my life on the horizon there. My children were still my youngest. It was about four, so that was no fun. And there was this point where I thought, okay – I don't care. I'm in excruciating physical pain. I can't even work anymore. You know, if God wants me to die, then I'll just do that, you know, no problem. And I kind of like put it in the hands of the divine kind of, there was a big surrender that took place. And around that time, my husband, by then it was winter. So my father died in the fall. And then it was through a very cold winter that no, no hot water business going on there. And, um, he said, look, we've been cooped up in the house all winter. It was, I think, around February. Let's just go to the mall. We'll just go walk. We don't have to go in any stores. I'm like, okay. You know, for your sake, I love you guys. So we went. I was able to put clothes on that day. Not lucky me. And um, as we were walking through the mall, I had this very interesting experience, which was I'd been feeling a lot of intense anxiety. Like, my whole system was just riddled with pain and anxiety. And all of a sudden, a very... Beautiful peace came over my being. Very, felt very peaceful. And then within a moment or two, I heard what was like whispering, the sound of many voices whispering. And I looked around me like, where's that coming from? And I realized I, it wasn't the sound of people speaking. It was their thoughts. I was hearing the inner I was, I was perceiving the inner landscape of everything, everyone and everything around me. And the whole, this blossoming of, of this very delicate experience took maybe like five seconds. And I turned to my husband and I said, Do you notice that the entire mall has gone through an epic transformation and, you know, there was like energy everywhere. I was seeing like streams of energy and I was, I could tell what people were thinking and feeling. I could see their past lives, their ancestors. I mean, lots of information was flooding in all at once. And he, <laughs> he looked just a little dumb, kind of deer in the headlights, and said, no, it didn't really look like that to <laughs> so, so I proceeded to describe him what I was seeing, and it went on very sweetly for about 10, 15 minutes. Then it gently faded off, and I was left with this deep, deep sense of inner peace. And I thought, well, that was lovely. And I kind of knew after that that I wasn't going to die. That whatever it was, you know, and the doctors were a bit, they didn't know what to do with me. You know, it wasn't, I wasn't really suffering from something that was super obvious to them. Um, But I kind of knew that I was going to be okay, and I wondered if that experience would ever come back. And sure enough, it started coming back quite regularly, faster, you know, more often, more frequently, it would last for longer. And then I started discovering, usually when it came back, I would focus my awareness on myself because I was still sick. So when the awareness blossomed open, I would look at Dorothy to see what was what, and I was learning a lot about healing myself. Um, But I also discovered that I had some control over it, and I could open it sometimes if it felt, you know, after a while, it got so I could just have the attention to open that level of vision or close that level of vision as required. You know, sometimes you go places and you you don't want to know too much, (laughs) you know, right? Like too much information. We don't need that. Um, and also just for the sake of people's privacy, you know, you want people to feel safe. I wanted people to feel safe around me and I didn't want them to feel like they were exposed or, you know, somehow their, their deepest inner secrets that they were hardly aware of or that I was aware, you know, that I should somehow see those and they would feel vulnerable or something. So I, you know, I learned to open and close it. And then I had the very great blessing of running into an old friend who 'd been a monk for about about the same amount of time i 'd been working on little peace he 'd been on his spiritual journey a very sweet man, and he said that he couldn 't see the way I saw, but he knew a lot about energy healing and he could really help me and so he and I started getting together regularly, and he helped provide me with a lexicon he gave me words to describe what I was experiencing. And this is where the power of language comes in. Because when you can describe an abstract experience, then it integrates and you can use it. And so, you know, my dear friend, Nick, his name is Nick. I think he now goes by Bhushananda or something like that, but God bless him. Um, But yeah, at the time, he really helped me a lot. Uh, to find words to describe what I was experiencing. And that was just beautiful. And then as time went on, I had to evolve even more my own descriptive words. And I borrowed a lot of words from the ancient languages from times of the past when wise seers and sages were directly understanding these Some subtle levels of experience and creating words for them. So English isn't so useful in a lot of ways because the English language is built around more of the material, kind of outward flowing of awareness toward the material level of creation. Whereas I needed words that would help describe more of the inward flow of awareness into the source of creation. Um, So I do use a lot of Vedic terminology, for example, from the ancient Vedic science of India, for example. And anyway, we're familiar with a lot of those words, like karma and yoga and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of how it evolved.
0: beautiful, and so here you do this healing for people around the world. You do healing energy, remote group healing sessions, really simply yeah. putting people back into um this connection with the one source with the one soul the one universe Um, is that really how you would describe the energy healing you you touched on it briefly let's have you explain more of how you see or or how you can define what is energy healing oh
1: lauren thank you that's just such a, a thoughtful question i really appreciate it um so i see energy healing as the skill Of focusing attention intelligently in such a way as to find, is to go from the symptom of an illness into the seed or core of an illness. And, excuse me, traditionally the seed or core of the illness. Um, resides deep within the fabric of the inner landscape of the soul. Um, that's why it's not always easy. You know, if, if it were obvious, you know, if you had a symptom on the surface and it were obvious what was causing that symptom, you would just fix it. But the reason that sometimes illnesses go on over the long course of time, or they get worse instead of getting better, something like that is because we haven't quite gotten into the seed of it. So, the story of energy healing is the story of learning how to direct attention in such a way as to find the core or the seed of a problem. And what I do in the remote energy healing sessions, I've got two kinds. One is like a live event, a lot like this one. Um, and that's why we'll do some more healing in a minute, I suppose. Um, but mm-hmm. I also do daily remote healing sessions. Those are like every three or four weeks. Uh, but then I also do daily remote healing sessions for people that would like to get some help immediately. And I don't really see myself as doing anything to other people. What I do is I set up a condition or a context in which each individual's um, highest healing potential is able to activate and work on their behalf. Because from my perception, and certainly from my experience of healing myself way back 15 years ago, is that well, we only heal ourselves. People only heal themselves. No outside authority heals you. It's kind of a pattern in our society for people to go to the doctor, or, or even sometimes in some areas of energy healing, people go and they... They connect with their angels and their guides, and they think of it as, oh, well, this is a powerful being that knows more about me than I know myself. But the truth is, nobody, nobody knows more about you than you know yourself. And it's a matter of getting in touch with that self-knowing. That is the key to making the moves. And when I say moves, I mean inside moves, like how do you move your perception? How do you move your paradigm, right? All actions, thoughts, and behaviors are based on our paradigm. So if we shift the paradigm, we shift the way even we perceive the world, we shift the way we respond to the world, we shift all of our actions. And that that shifts our reality. Um, I, it's not that I don't uh, – it's, it's, let's see. I, I have a great respect for all healers, let me say, regardless of their techniques. And there is no standard in the industry at this time for energy healers. And there's no really standard uh, – vocabulary either. So if I use the word astral body, some other healer Mm -hmm. might use that word in a different way. But if I use the word angels or guides, I'm not talking about something that's outside of you. I am referring to um area inside the field of your own consciousness that has the access to resources and capabilities to actually heal you. And we all have that. We all possess, it's the birthright of every human being to have access to that level of their own personal power. And I do feel that it is a bit of a disservice to humanity for individuals to put themselves up as great authorities over others and say, well, you know, you come to me and I'll fix you. And and therefore, you don't have to take responsibility for your experience and you don't have to take responsibility for your own healing. And then you don't get credit for it either, right? Right. Um, but that it's better to teach a man to fish than it is to feed him for a meal. And so my work centers around empowering the individual to have the tools they need to heal themselves and to rise into that level of self knowing that they can, he- that they have access to infinite resources through their own anchor to the source of creation, which is infinite which is the source of everything in the universe and, of course, the resource of all wisdom, all energy,
0: all power, all goodness. Beautiful. Feeling the empowerment of that, we can heal ourselves. And the self-knowing that you had when you were in the mall with your husband, what you Mm. saw was your self-knowing. And this mm, is mm. that deep, deep connection, really mm-hmm. how I really think it's a requirement moving into new earth, if we call it that, new, moving into our new world, as you mentioned, with all of the information out there, it's a little bit distracting, but again, the, the knowing, the self-knowing, this is the most important thing that we can do as we take responsibility I love those words. Yes, that I, used. Could, I couldn't agree more, Loren. I really couldn't agree more. You really
1: nailed it there. Yeah, it, it's a requirement for moving forward, and it's not mm-hmm. the easy path. You know, when I had that choice when I was so sick, I could mm-hmm. have chosen. There was a point. There was literally a turning point where I had a choice of whether to go ahead and die, Or did I want to stick around? And I didn't care at that point. I was so miserable. But Mm -hmm. I thought about my little children. And I thought, you know, for their sake, Mm
0: -hmm. if I can stay, Mm -hmm.
1: probably that's better. And I knew that was going to be the hard path. That was not going to be the the easy path. would just die. You know, just die and go back to the arms of mother, you know. But instead, you know, I'm glad I chose the hard path because I've had the pleasure of watching my beautiful children grow up, which is A pleasure of which there is no measure, an immeasurable pleasure, Um, but also to be able to be here, to be part of this incredible event, cosmic, sacred event that is occurring on Earth at this time. As millions and millions of people transition into a level of understanding and, I would say, Mm -hmm. access to their essential truth that has not been for as far as we're looking back in history, you know, my middle son's quite the historian and you know, there are occasional individuals who are awake, but just they were like here and there, you know, and they often mm-hmm. became leaders or writers or something like that. But, but the whole world waking up at once. So it's completely unprecedented. We're really transitioning into like a whole <laughs> new era. You know, people will look back hundreds of years from now and go, boy, wow, that was something that, <laughs> that our great-great-grandparents were going through, you know? <laughs> yeah, and
0: so even though some are not awakening as fast, they too are awakening. And we're all in this together. We're going to help everyone get there. And, you know, when we think it's a shift to greater love, a greater self-love, a shift mm. to um, being being angelic humans it is uh beautiful it it is beautiful so again it it it, that is what makes me the eternal optimist right Mm -hmm. um as it gets crazy out there oh my gosh we go here and the whole world is awakening we see some who are not again but it's all right okay well i i want to we have a beautiful process um, a beautiful energy session for you. Before we get there, let's talk about your perception of the manifesting process, because this is very All interesting. Right. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's so fascinating, and it's it's something that um, I can say I've, I've leaned a lot on Vedic science for this and compare and contrast my own personal experience uh, with the records, the ancient records of the Descriptions of the manifestation of the entire universe from unmanifest ocean of pure consciousness. So, And it's absolutely fascinating. And it is the one story. This is the one story in town, folks. This is the one thing that's happening is one is becoming many. One is appearing as many. One appears as many. It never really stops being one, but it appears as many. And that process is absolutely fascinating. So let's dive in and take just a little quick peek at what's going on there. If we start with the principle that within the unmanifest ocean of being, pure amnes, pure consciousness, there are two modes. There's consciousness which is you could say deep asleep, resting deeply in its own nature and in a state of almost like non-experience, like just nothing. And there is an there's a level of its functioning where it starts to warm up and become ready to manifest. Before the manifestation can emerge, there has to be an intention to manifest. So there's a little transition that occurs there before anything comes out, before anything appears. There's a shift between that unmanifest ocean of being just holding in toward its own deep deepest, most quiet condition, to that intention, like it starts to think of a seed in the springtime, right? Springtime here in the Northern Hemisphere. And before the seed sprouts, it swells up. It gets ready to sprout. And there is a a dynamic gap in that unmanifest field between the field of ocean of being, quiet and it's becoming dynamic. Right in there, there's like this very interesting transition that occurs. And uh, in Vedic science, um, the intelligence responsible for that transition is called Narayana. And it's like, it's that energy that's present at the first awakening. And it hasn't even manifest. It's just beginning to awaken, Narayana. But what happens right there is that there's a little bit of a wave that's created, where um, the sort of the flow of intention goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, infinitely fast speed between asleep and like you could say absolute silence and dynamic potential. We can call them that. And I'm bar- by the way, I'm borrowing those words from my friend Andrew Hewson, who's also a lovely teacher and um, very beautiful a uh, speaker and guide to, for people, you know, for awakening. Anyway, he calls it uh, absolute silence and dynamic potential. And those are really nice words, English words that we can use. They're also Vedic terms, of course. Um, but this wave, that goes back and forth, back and forth, and back and forth like that in that little gap creates a friction. And that friction is a fire. That friction is what created the Big Bang. That friction is known in Vedic terms as agni, agni. And the beauty of Sanskrit or the Vedic terminology is that the sound value of the word contains the dynamic potential of the thing it describes. As physics tells us, that everything in the manifest universe can be, uh, can be, resolved down to frequencies, well, sounds are frequencies. And so the word agnim, it actually contains the mechanics by which the universe is created. The first sound is ah, and ah is the mouth fully open and no boundaries, full open in the throat, full open in the mouth, just pure sound coming out. And it basically describes that ocean of unbounded consciousness. Ah. There's no boundaries in ah. And so ah is describing the unbounded ocean of consciousness, but it's describing it, which means that something just happened there. First, it was an unbounded, unmanifest ocean of consciousness. And as soon as you say ah, you've created something. So the creation is actually a collapsing of the infinite, eternal, unbounded, unmanifest self into a point of expression, which is then described by the next consonant called g. And the g collapses the entire mouth and the entire back of the throat into a completely closed condition. Ag, agnim, ag, it closes it. And then what has happened? See, each each syllable is like a commentary on what actually happens in the gaps between the syllables. Unbounded being, then it expresses awe. But then the expression of awe has collapsed unbounded to an expression. So that's g. But then what have we done? Well, we've negated the a. So then ni comes in. The n comes in because the n negates the unboundedness of the being. And the e is a sound of movement or energy. So Agni means that the unbounded being collapses in on its own nature and it thus negates the wholeness for the sake of the parts. And that creates a flow of energy or expression. And M is the last last consonant in that word, Agnim. And the M represents the hum of the whole universe. So in one word, Agnim. The entire story of the entire universe is contained. This is what I love about Sanskrit. Every word is like that. It's like profound, you know? But if we want to look... (laughs) If you have a question, Loren, you can just shoot it right in here.
0: (laughs) No, I love that. Um, And it really is why chants are so powerful, especially the Vedic mantras, because it's that flow of energy. Literally, I love how you explain that. We're literally pulling it. Fascinating. One word with all those consonants says it all.
1: Isn't it amazing? It's just amazing. amazing. It really is amazing. Yeah. So, okay. So we've got this gap, right? Between the, Resting silence and the dynamic silence, and Agnim is born in the gap. And Agnim is like a kind of a fire that comes as considered the primordial or first essential fire of creation. And when I think, when I look at that, I see the Big Bang. Like, that's how our universe was created, was by this ginormous fire, essentially. Um, But then... It breaks the surface. There's another gap. And it's really important for us as humans. It's such an important gap. And that's the gap between the unmanifest field of creation and the first, tenderest, most delicate expressions of form. The first way that this Agni appears. And the way it appears for us, as people, is it appears as a kind of a pristine light in the sacred inner sanctum of our souls. It's like the very deepest center, the most primordial, essential experience that we have as living beings is this expression of Agni. And I use the word, I have coined the word pure potential, your pure potential. It's just that Infinite potential, which is at the foundation of every experience and every nuance of what you know yourself to be. And it is so beautiful. And it is so important for energy healing for each person to really know their pure potential. You need to know what was that initial impulse of the divine to create you right? What was the divine thinking? <laughs> what was the thinking that it created you? It was, what was thinking was this just most beautiful, pure, essential opportunity for divinity to know itself through the human experience? Absolutely beautiful. Nothing is more beautiful Nothing is more beautiful. And your potential, pure potential, and my pure potential, all of our pure potential, is very, very similar in its nature because it's very, very close to that original, unmanifest, eternal source of creation. So we can understand each other from the perspective of knowing our own pure potential. If you know your own pure potential and I know my own pure potential, I can appreciate and understand you. You can appreciate and understand me. Because we know that we kind of have these same origins. Our origins are there in that just such a high vision for what a human life could be, I think you said it very beautifully earlier, Loren. You said our angelic nature, our divine nature. It is the potential of every human being to be a perfect, radiant beacon of pure, pure potential, pure divine being. That unmanifest level of creation actually becoming expressed. This is our potential. It's absolutely beautiful. And when you can feel that, when you know that, and as I'm speaking it, I'm, you know, it's my intention as I speak it that each one of you who are listening and every one of us feels that pure potential, that you really get familiar with it. It starts to integrate as part of your own sense of self because that pure potential contains within it things like the blueprint of your body as it exists in perfect health. It contains within it the life story, your life story, as a gift to this universe, leaving a legacy of blessings to the whole of mankind, to the whole of your family, to everyone who knows you, and even people who don't know you. It contains within it all the capabilities and power and intelligence and wisdom that you need to heal yourself, to manifest a quality of life that's worth living, meaningful life, to be able to create beautiful relationships with the people you know, and to rise to that level of divine expression that is your birthright. All that is in the pure potential. All of that
0: starts out with that first seed of self. Wow. We, that is so comforting, it is so comforting so let's now for those who would like to feel this a little deeper and experience it a little deeper it really is what we mean by the word quantum as well mm-hmm. where we're outside oh, yeah, of time and so. space right and it's that poten- it's just our pure potential so mm-hmm. let's do a, a group energy healing for those who want to manifest heal their body or elevate their relationships or whatever it is they want to do. All right, Dorothy, how beautiful for this offering right here. Thanks.
1: Loren, thank you for the opportunity. And everybody who's here listening today and everybody who will listen in the future, this healing will activate whenever you listen to it. Even after you've joined me for this activation and for this healing, Just thinking about it, just thinking about it, we'll activate it again. So we create layers and layers of it, sort of a multidimensional process. I just want to start with a little short prayer of gratitude, because that's how I start all my healings. It just takes a moment. Thank you to the source of creation for being everything, for being all of us, for being all the life that has come before us, our dear ancestors on whose shoulders we live a quality of life today, unlike anything that they had the opportunity to live, and, of course, for the presence of our dear physical bodies, without which, well, without the ancestors we would not have. I also would like to thank the eternal tradition of wisdom, which has Vedic roots, among other things, and is the connection between the unmanifest source of creation and the entire manifest field of creation. May we work efficiently. May we go to the source or core of any imbalances that anyone is experiencing and address that in the highest and best possible way. May our healing be everything that each of you hoped it could possibly be for you. Thank you all for the opportunity to be the voice of our collective at this time. Now, I'm dropping my awareness into the source of creation. And I'm just feeling into our collective. I'm just allowing perception to spread out, expand, and gently recognize the deepest desire in each heart. the deepest desire. Your heart, energy center, is where essential truth is accessed, where your pure potential is accessed. And feeling such sweetness there, such sweetness. And for a lot of people in this healing session, That sweetness comes as the antidote or the answer to feelings that have been responsible for problems and challenges. Most problems and challenges find their seed or source in the the covering or the camouflaging of one wholeness by the complexity of the manifesting process. Manifesting process is so interesting, but it involves separation. How can the one become many without some something has to separate? And the separation itself is not the problem. The problem is when the process of separation becomes so overshadowing to the senses that we forget the one. So, yes, we live in a diverse world. We live in a universe that's got many, many expressions and aspects, and that's the way it should be. But the wholeness, I would say, the grace of the divine is present in every particle of creation. And that's what I'm noticing here, is that the such a beautiful circle of individuals we have in this healing today. I mean, I am really touched by the quality of heart of everyone who's listening in on this call. Bless you all for that. Through this sweetness in the heart, allow your perception to stretch out and to feel the grace that exists in every point in creation. From the very earliest sproutings, the very earliest beginnings of the creation of this universe, the creator has imbued every particle with grace. And that grace is a kind of light. It is an absolute alignment with the evolutionary trajectory of the intentions of the creator. With the cosmic flow of evolution that grace is a kind of nourishment it nourishes it nourishes the soul it nourishes the physical body it's, it's like a warm light and as we sit and we just let our attention gently and innocently focus On this grace, it's like we're floating in an ocean of grace. The whole web of life is filled with that grace. And so you can allow it to nourish you. Feel the grace and feel it just soaking. You're soaking in this grace even one tiny, tiny drop of grace will is enough to uplift your life for all times. And you are drinking in gallons and comes in every pore, every particle of the being. This beautiful grace is seeping into you and soaking into you and establishing itself as the very, fundamental material out of which the body is comprised your precious body is the body of grace this is your birthright this is your it is your station your station is to be the radiant beacon of this light as awareness turns back into the heart center, we can see that this experience of the acceptance of the grace of the divine into the body, both at the physical material levels, but also at the deep abstract inner levels, that whole beautiful inner landscape of the soul is just seeping in, soaking in this grace. That as you do this, you create a context for experience. You create a condition in which the thoughts and actions and speech and feelings and experiences are aligned with the highest evolutionary intentions of the entire creation. That means that the laws of nature that run this universe Without flaw, they run the entire universe. Those same laws of nature are behind, they're backing you up for your intentions and your wishes and your hopes and your dreams. So this is the time in this healing session for each person to think about what's really important, to get the priorities going there and decide what is it that you really want. What's really important, and you can have more than one intention, maybe you'd like some good health, but you also want your finances to be better, or you also want to find that, you know, very special soul to spend the rest of your life with, or health for your children, or whatever is is important, and I want you to find that, that vision in yourself of what's really, really the deep, deep desire of the heart. And rather than thinking of it in terms of words or mental constructs, feel it. Feel that intention. Feel that, that story of a dignified life that is lived on a, in a level of comfort and, and graciousness, grace, and, and joy, happiness. You know, bliss, in the state of health, the Vedas say bliss. Is when the mind and the senses and the body are filled with bliss. That's health. Mind, body, and senses filled with bliss. Just whatever that means to you. And we're going to take that seed of intention, if you're feeling it, let you feel into that feeling of just what that fulfilled life is and offer it as a blessing. the divine within you. It is your source. The source of creation, the unmanifest eternal source is your source. You You just offer it like you're offering flowers into the ocean, flower petals into the ocean. Just allow it to flow into that eternal source of being. And notice that the bliss that you conceive for your deepest desires tickles the source of creation. The source of creation loves it. It vibrates or hums with such joy at receiving your vision for what can be, for the potential of what your life can be. the source of creation takes that seed and multiplies it to infinity because the source of creation is infinite. It doesn't have to do anything to multiply to infinity. It is infinity. So by putting that desire into the source of creation, by offering it, by offering letting it go, you you, you throw it into the ocean of being, you could say or allowing it to settle into the ocean of being, you imbue your intention with the infinite potential of nature's organizing power. As that potential rises back out of the ocean, the silent, infinite, eternal ocean of being, it comes out with the resources to manifest that desire. Fullness. The source of creation is fullness. Every desire starts as an impulse of fullness arising from the source of creation. And as that impulse rises up through the denser, more concrete levels of experience, it rises as waves of desire and the waves of desire mount they become greater and greater until eventually the desire breaks forth to the surface of this creation as a manifested form however if we pick up that desire at that essential moment as it's emerging from the ocean of being we pick it up not as a desire that is experienced as like like an emptiness, like, oh, I have a desire, there's something I want. But we pick it up as an impulse of fullness, an impulse of eternal expression, of uh, dynamic intention, a dynamic intention to fulfill its own destiny. And as that desire rises through the more manifest, more concrete levels of expression Instead of being experienced as a kind of empty desire of something that you long for, or something that you want, it, you experience it as fullness, gaining fullness, fullness, gaining the resources and the energy and the connections and the uh, tools required to actually come to the surface and to be your reality if there's some area of the body that feels unwell, you can focus attention there and know that whatever you may experience that's responsible for the unwellness there could be a discordant feeling or, um, or frustration, could be anger, could be a feeling of not having access to your personal power. Whatever that feeling is, that feeling is resolved. It's dissolved and it's resolved in the flow of fullness of your vision of perfect health for that organ of the body. And the intelligence in your body that heals you is fully aware of these inner movements of consciousness, these processes that we create. We all create them of folding awareness in on its own nature. This is how we create, make loops with our consciousness. We fold them in. and Those seeds of intention, those visions of what life could be are important. Cherish them. Work with them. Learn to cultivate them in specific manners because the more delicate those seeds of intention are, the more powerful they are. And every time you have a seed that really means something to you, drop it into the ocean of silence. And from that ocean of silence, it will garner the resources required to manifest at the surface as real life experience. I'm checking. I'm checking in with the group now. We're checking all the parts and conditions. For a lot of people, there are, um, to be able to really accept and exercise this in its fullest manner, it's required some work with ancestors because the ancestors didn't believe that they had access, that kind of access to the Creator. They did not know themselves to be pure expressions of divinity. They knew themselves as how did they describe it? Sinners born in sin. (laughs) And the, the creator is up there in some lofty heaven, something like that. So there are layers. There are layers that we're working with. As this intention that you've created starts to move its way to the surface, it's purifying. It moves up through the denser levels of your inner landscape, your inner being, and it washes away. Beliefs and conditioning, social conditioning, ancestral conditioning, for some people, the problems that you're dealing with are actually transgenerational stresses. That means they're very, very big, very complex problems that have been selected by the family genealogy, by the lineage to work on generation after generation because it's not uncommon at all for families to gather together to work out the really big cosmic lessons, the really big, complex, difficult spiritual lessons. You know, those those questions that the philosophers of all times that ask, you know, about the difference between um, uh, free will and determinism, that kind of thing, you know? These bigger questions that that are a challenge for an individual, even in a single lifetime, to work out. Know yourself to be that representative of the lineage who has access to so much personal potential, so much of your full potential, that you can finally bring resolution to those imbalances that have been carried for multiple generations. In those cases, in many of those cases, dear folks, it's an issue of self-love. And it's an issue of sense of self being able to expand to include divine self, source of creation, so that self-love is neither narcissism and selfishness and sort of individually thinking you're better than others, nor is it self-deprecation and thinking that you're less than others. Instead, it is a simple acceptance of self. As an expression of totality and as such, deserving of all blessings in this world. And it's not narcissistic and it's not what people called humility, which was really putting themselves down. <laughs> it's not either of those. It's simple. It's simple. It's self-love, but it is recognition of oneself as both individual and cosmic at the same time. And there is where ego expands from individual ego to a spectrum that embraces both individual experience and cosmic experience. When I say that, I am seeing a clearing of, looks like attachments, impressions, memory patterns, also conditioning, also beliefs and habits from the upper chakras, 8 through 12, which ca- that area up above the head is where the direct... Ex- you may feel, as I'm speaking this, you may feel some tingliness up in the crown of the head there. You may feel that. Um, and some energy moving up there above the head. This is where we connect. Our individual physiology and our individual sense of self with the cosmic body and the cosmic self you know that your consciousness is not constrained by your physical body you know this you know that all you have to do to go to the ends of the universe is think about the ends of the universe and you are there your consciousness moves faster than the speed of light It moves without any constraints of space and time. There is no part of this universe that is foreign to you or outside the range of the flow of your awareness or consciousness. And as such, the entire universal body is also an expression of that part of your consciousness, the part of you that's able to travel anywhere at any time in any capacity into the future, into the past, doesn't matter. We've been talking about the Big Bang today, right? All of it is within the range and scope of your ability to perceive and, and experience, to move your awareness. This cosmic body, this universe, is the place where that part of your consciousness resides. When we think about the Big Bang... We are. There's a part of the cosmic body that is the Big Bang. And each one of you holds that as pure potential within the field of your own knowingness, of what you know yourself to be. That pure, pristine, cosmic fire that started this all off is also part of you. You can find it. And it's a great tool It's a great resource to refer back to when you need to find a seed of intention that will be perfect for manifesting optimal health or anything else that's meaningful to you in this life. Use your pure potential like a muscle. If you use it, it gets stronger. All right, everybody. Just feeling a lot of bliss and a lot of gratitude flowing as the gratitude and the bliss flow offer those back into the source of creation because everything that goes there is purified and blessed and enhanced and multiplied to infinity and supports the expansion of the incredible transformation that's taking place in our world and in the life of humanity as a collective at this time. So every sweet blessing can always go back to the source of creation. And that goes for the ancestors, too. You know, they appreciate your attention. When you put your attention on them, you're really putting your attention on and transforming your own DNA. This is how we heal our DNA. This is how we create those epigenetic changes that allow us physically to become that expression of divinity, which is solid, which is true. Just taking a little moment of silence for everyone to feel through that process. All right. Yes. Okay. Lots of good changes. I'm kind of watching, sort of looking through the collective and I'm seeing lots of lots of changes, lots of changes, lots of empowerment for people, purification for the hearts of the inside. Lots of stuff is happening. But I think this is probably a good place for us to end this healing session. Uh, it's always just such a privilege and a joy to dive in to the immense potential of the field of consciousness as a collective, as a group to do that and to watch the transformations that transpire. And for me, I get to also, I'm enjoying getting to express those with English words. It's always such a pleasure. It's really such a pleasure.
0: Oh, Dorothy Rowe, thank you so much for this beautiful session. I truly hope everyone is feeling the empowerment, the true empowerment of feeling that pure potential, that moving from the oneness into mm. the Big Bang. I, I'm, I feel like I'm going to cry here because it's, again, a very great tool, a very powerful tool, and something that we can reach for. And so, As we move in our world, to be able to come to this cosmic fire, to feel that, to um, know ourself as this pure expression of source, of love, of pure potential, to me is very empowering. And I am still soaking in it, and I know everyone is soaking in this. Yeah, Lauren. How beautiful. beautiful. Well, thank you, but I'm just saying how, isn't it wonderful? There's an effortlessness in dropping that um, intention, offering the intention into the ocean of silence. Yeah, yeah. Effortlessness, because we've done the work, right? We've done the work. I I just want to read because it feels so right where we do the work, but we're not clinging to it. So we're pushing it away. We actually have surrendered it with that knowing that it's got that energy behind it. Truly beautiful. Absolutely. 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 I mean, I really it's everyone's birthright, Lauren.
1: It's all of our birthright to have that level of understanding and mm-hmm. control over mm-hmm. how we manifest and you know it there's some there's some famous person i can't remember who but they said that you know anything that's not understood seems like magic but we're really coming into a time where we're using consciousness as a we're actually using technologies of consciousness this is a technology mm-hmm. of consciousness mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. use the inner actions these are these are non-action actions, you could say, because we're just moving thought. We're moving awareness. But it's incredibly powerful. It really is incredibly powerful. And I think the the good that will come out of this as we move forward in our world is immense, like we can hardly imagine it now. There's one more thing I'd like to say, just for those of you who are out there who are kind of wondering, well, you know, what if a person was a criminal and what if their intention was to do something awful? Well, the answer here is mm-hmm. that the source of creation is that which is behind every evolutionary act in the universe. And the source of creation is not, it doesn't employ laws of nature that will destroy. It won't. So what happens is if a criminal tries, their, the corruption of their intention, their seed, will be corrupted. And so what the source of creation will do is it will purify that seed. It will reframe the seed in terms of something that actually brings good into this world.
0: Mm. It's all this giant lesson in love, return to love, where we get to go experience anything besides love. (laughs) But it's always the return to love. Absolutely. So I am feeling so good from that uh, group healing. I'm feeling our entire group and I can sense Mm. that there is a there's a vision for the future. There's an empowered vision for the future. I'm almost getting choked up here. The empowered vision for the future is we're going to be all right I know yeah. that within myself so deeply. I just have to share that with everyone because I can feel others know it and sense it as well. Absolutely, <laughs> we're going
1: to be all right, Lauren. We're going to be all right. We we're are, and right. I... along with all the yeah. along with all the hard stuff that's coming up, the answers are also coming up, right? right? So yes. we're And we're part of the answers. What you're doing, Lauren, on this show is such a gift to our world because you're creating a platform by which I and others who have the highest intentions, and, and you obviously have the highest intentions for the well-being of all, can ex- actually reach more and more people. And, you know, it's not something that I am personally, individually doing. We're learning to do this as a collective because yes. – The knowledge, yeah, the knowledge that I'm putting out here, let me tell you, when we start exercising this as a collective, with collective intent, look out, look out, then that's when universes really start to move, and that's when our world really starts to show that we have accomplished a goal as as a human, as a race, that we can come together with highest intent for everyone, and we can manifest that vision.
0: Yep, and that's why we hold our vision for New Earth, because we know and sense what that is. And I love that. I see it. I see it happening, and it's so beautiful. Those who are beginning to understand this are also going to help others understand it as well. And so, wow, that's why we say keep our eyes on the prize. Don't be distracted by the old ways, which is up for a renewal, but get busy with what we can offer from this higher perspective of compassion, integrity, and love, caring for others. It is going to get fun, and it begins with this inside journey, just to remove all the barriers that keep us from remembering this oneness and this bliss. Beautiful. Well, Mm. Dorothy, I want to say we've got a few more moments to talk about ways that people can work with you. There is a beautiful special offer, which is an incredible opportunity for people to get in your space with you, for you to share how they can truly use this in their own life. Today, what we talked about was just a little experience of that, but you've got a whole program for people to begin to work with this, and this involves MP3s and lessons, but also group sessions like this one that go deeper. Can you share with us about your special offer?
1: Oh, thanks, Lauren. It's so sweet of you to kind of promote me a little bit. That's really sweet of you. A great guide. Yeah, so... Yeah. So I have a course on Teachable that's available, and I believe that's a 15-lesson course. It's kind of an introduction to energy healing. And, you know, as I said earlier in the show, my intention is to teach all of you to fish rather than feed you for a single meal. So, you know, it's my vision is that everybody becomes the master of their own healing process. And I truly, genuinely believe that you are born it is your birthright to have the power to heal yourself and to create the world that you would that you need to live in in order to to be that expression of source to be that expression of your own divinity that will bless this world and bless everyone and bless you and you know, it's the highest that you can achieve in this lifetime. Everyone has that potential. So the 15-lesson course lays out all the fundamentals. And a lot of what you get in that course are um, some of the, fund- the basic principles of what's important in energy healing. And I would say the first most important fundamental Is how you focus your awareness or attention. And we talked a lot about that today, and I'm glad we got a chance to practice it a little bit too. But anyway, so there's a 15 lesson course, and it's, you know, it's really lovely. And then in addition, um, the, I think there are two packages. One is the 15 lesson course, and the other is, I, uh, Lauren, you might have to help me here, because I, my husband put the packages together, but I think it's, I think it's like five, I think it's five live, Webinars five. And the live, Yes. Is it five? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So five. Uh, the live sets, webinars,
1: uh-huh. Yeah. So five. The webinars come up in weekend sets, Friday and Saturday. And I do them at uh, Friday evening and Saturday afternoon so that we can uh, connect with people in all the different time zones of the world. So the people coming in live on those sessions from all over the world, I think I've got close to 200 people, at least 200 computers are uh, connected up with me at that time. And, uh, those sessions for all of those of you who might be interested are per location. So if you've got five friends who you think would like to take on those webinars, you can mm. sign up for this and you can just invite your friends to come over to your house and join you for those sessions. I don't care. I, the more the merrier as far as I'm concerned. So, um, yeah, the five webinars and the teachable course is one package. And then the other package, is the teachable course, the five, 15 session teachable course, plus the five webinars, plus, I think, and again, guys, don't quote me on this, but I think it's 12, 12. Um, yeah, thank you, Lauren, uh, Loren, um, 12 uh, distance energy work sessions, which are basically remote healing sessions. And I perform these sessions every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can, uh, when you sign up for the course, you'll get a chance to email in your personal concerns. And then I sit at 11 a.m. Central Time, and I usually spend, really, to be realistic, on each session gets probably between three and five hours' worth of my time. I go through the list. I put attention on every individual. Often if people have real special concerns, I'll do night work with them. Uh, so I give, you know, anybody who's in my sessions, I'm giving you uh, special attention throughout my day and night. Um, we didn't even get into night work much in today's session, but that's a whole other area. Um, and then each session is followed by a written report plus an audio recording. So for each of those twelve sessions you will get a written report plus an audio recording and you can go back and review those. Um, you know, because each time you go and you listen to the audio recording again, you get a deeper layer. The the healings are very multi-dimensional. So, you know, they keep giving and giving. It's one of those things. Uh so that's an that's with the second package. You also get those remote healing sessions as well uh and you know i really hope that a lot of you will get a chance to take these um take advantage of these offerings because i'm offering them at a vast discount um you know the normally the webinars are $25 each and there're two each weekend so that's 10 that's right there that's $250 and the package of the live webinars plus the teachable course which i think is Tom, how much is the teachable course is it 138 or something 139 so that that package right there is the total value is two fifty plus one thirty nine and I think we're offering it, what is it, Loren, for like ninety-nine dollars or something like
0: that? Yes, two beautiful, very affordable options. The first offer with the course and the five energy healing is ninety nine and then yeah. one ninety nine for the additional twelve remote healing right. sessions. Beautiful. Right, right.
1: Right, so yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, we're offering them at a great discount, and it's just my pleasure to be able to make this knowledge available as available to people as possible. And it has always been my desire to do that because, in those 35 years I was a volunteer for World Peace, I didn't have a lot of cash flow, and I do deeply feel that everyone, regardless of your financial situation, deserves this knowledge. You deserve to heal. You deserve to live the highest quality of life. So I will always do my best to keep my prices uh, very reasonable. You can go look them. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. And this is the a website. way for everyone to master your own healing process. Really a powerful mm, tool, a deep connection tool, working with this beautiful guide, very, very beautiful guide, Dorothy Rowe. And she's here to assist you, and we invite you to check that out. That special offer is available for everyone. It's here on this webpage at AcousticHealth.com. Click on the special offer, and you will see everything that is included in that with an immediate download as well. So, Dorothy, thank you for that. Um, really, again, I'm just feeling the empowerment of that pure potential cosmic pure potential and it Mm -hmm. feels so good as we say goodbye today i would like to give you just a quick moment to share any final thoughts loren i want to thank you
1: for the opportunity to be here with you today and with everyone who's listening it's the fulfillment of my life this is fulfillment for me is to have the precious gift of sharing this knowledge with all of you. And it's, it makes my life meaningful. It's really, really precious. And I want everyone to remember, You know, if there's anything that I leave you with, is to know that your place in the universe is invaluable. We each contribute not by what we say and do and act, but by our very existence. We contribute... Value beyond measure to this universe. Each one of you is so precious. And together we are creating a transformation for our world that will be a legacy for many, many, for generations upon generations to come of a world that is worth living in, lives that are worth living for our children and our grandchildren and all those who will come after us. So thank you to all of you. I know that everyone here has been, has had challenges that they faced and has had to do so with courage and with all the resources that you have. And may it be that these offerings will provide you more useful resources going into the future. I hope lots of people will be inspired to sign up and to take advantage of this knowledge because it's something that will really be a great help for everyone. Thank you again, Lauren. It's been just such a pleasure. A oh,
0: thank you. Thank you, Dorothy, for your tireless commitment and dedication and for sharing this wisdom with our world. And we do see a world where we are building a legacy uh, for the future. And it begins yeah. here with information like this and for us really living this with all these beautiful tools that we have thank you dorothy
1: thank you lauren thank you everyone listening
0: again you can get dorothy rose special offer right here and begin to master your own healing and manifestation building our new earth thank you everyone for sharing your bright light we are now going to dance our way to the co- cosmic heart. Thank you. Namaste. Mm-hmm.
1: Namaste. Bye-bye.
0: as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music, available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste.
1: conference is now completed. Goodbye.